Hello and welcome in to the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and, uh, God. Uh, this weekend was not very good to me sports-wise. Uh, the, the Ravens lost, the Flyers lost, again. The, the, the only team that won was Liberty Basketball. Thank God for them. They, uh, been a while since they've lost, and it's great. And they just they just don't lose at home. They they, they haven't lost at home in uh, in almost two years. So uh, thank God for them. But uh, the first ever week eighteen of the NFL season has come and gone. Um, I still think seventeen games is a stupid idea. You have thirty two teams, <laughs> eight divisions of four. 16 is the perfect round number. 17 is freaking stupid. Honestly, so is 18. We know that's inevitable, but at least 18 is an even freaking number. And 16 is a perfectly round number when you have 32 teams. But that is an entirely different discussion that uh, the NFL is not ready to have because they are too dumb to realize 17 games is an absolutely horrifically bad idea. But this weekend did happen. Um, let's just say I had an opportunity to go to the Raven Steelers game and chose not to. The weather in Baltimore sucked on Sunday. I found this out at 10.30 a.m., and uh, I'm very glad I decided not to go to that game because I would have been really pissed. Because, shocker, in a Raven-Steelers game, the refs absolutely sucked ass. And the Ravens are, of course, injured to hell and back. Now, would I have liked to uh, boo Ben Roethlisberger in person one last time? Yes. Would have much rather the Ravens won that game and kept him out of the playoffs. But that was not to be. Because everyone seems to be under the delusion that this man is deserving of a proper send-off. He's he's really not. He, he's, he's a good player, but he was he was a terrible person. He he's not deserving of a proper send-off. But the playoffs are here. It is super wild card weekend, meaning there will be a wild card game on Monday. I, I, I still hate that. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm really not a fan of that. But the NFL likes money, and we knew it was coming eventually. But. Uh, Let's get to the real thing I know most people are truly pissed about. Brandon Staley calling a freaking timeout as the clock wound down in overtime against the Raiders. Which the Raiders later admitted they were going to take knees. They were going to take knees and take the tie, which would send both the Raiders and Chargers to the playoffs. And knock the Steelers out. Like, one, even if it's 
even if it wasn't screwing over the Steelers, that would be freaking hilarious. Like, even if that screwed over the Ravens, I would have been pissed. But I more would have been pissed at the NFL for setting up the schedule to the point that that was even a possibility. Oh yeah, two teams who played hours later after the Ravens had already done what they needed to do could just agree on a tie and screw the Ravens over. I would have been more pissed at the NFL than I am the teams like I am right now. Mostly, I'm pissed at Brandon Staley because the Raiders were going to kneel it out. They were letting the clock run down. They were fine with the tie. They were fine with tying a division rival and letting them into the playoffs. So instead of Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes, we get Ben Roethlisberger versus Patrick Mahomes, which is significantly less interesting. 40-something-year-old Ben Roethlisberger against Patrick Mahomes is boring. We've already seen what the Chiefs can do to the Steelers this year. It wasn't pretty. But yet, that is in prime time on Sunday. I hope, I hope that that game is even uglier for the Steelers than the game against the Browns was last year. Remember that game? First play? Ended up in a freaking safety for the Browns because Ben mishandled the snap that went clean over his head into the end zone. Like, I want this this Chiefs-Steelers game to be even uglier for the Steelers. Like, I never thought I would want, I would cheer for the Chiefs because screw the Chiefs. I don't hate Patrick Mahomes. I hate the other terrible people that they also have on their team. Tyreek Hill. Like, Tyreek Hill is actually a worse person than Ben Roethlisberger. Which is saying a lot. And another add another city into the, uh, the pile of cities I will never get a job in. Actually, I feel like most people in Kansas City would agree with that. They just wouldn't say it publicly. The Tyree Kill is, in fact, an absolutely terrible person who should not have a roster spot on the Chiefs. Like, I've talked to Chiefs fans who have all said the same thing. Like, they don't like Tyree Kill. They don't want him on the team. But still, Tyree Kill, also a terrible person. And, of course, Jackson Mahomes. But he's not directly part of the team. He just likes to act like he is. But what was the final score the last time the, the Chiefs and Steelers play each other? 36 to 10? Uh, I hope this one is... Uh, let's see. The, <laughs> the total in this one's 46 and a half. And the Chiefs are favored by 12. It is by far the biggest line of any of the playoff games. Bengals are favored, but everyone else is single digits. Five and a half for the Bengals, four for the Bills, eight and a half for the Bucks. That's that's pretty that's pretty big. Three for the Cowboys, basically a toss-up, and four for the Rams. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are favored by 12. Uh in a game where the lot where the total is 45 and a half. 
Um, that's the second lowest total and the second biggest spread. Or that's the second lowest total and the biggest spread for you uh, degenerates out there. So, um, yeah, I I almost I almost want this game to go over exclusively on the backs of the Chiefs. I, I want the Chiefs to win 48 to nothing. Like, I want this game to go over the total exclusively on the backs of the Chiefs. 48 to nothing. That's not going to happen. They will, thanks to Najee Harris, they will manage a touchdown. But it's mostly going to be not, like, Najee Harris will give them touchdowns. Maybe, or we'll at least get them in Boswell's field goal range. But they will score at least 10 points. I don't see them scoring much more than that because, like, okay, the Chiefs don't have a great defense. But your only problem is Najee Harris. Just stack the box. Like, he's good. But if you stack the box, he's not going to eat you alive. Because Ben can't throw deep anymore. Just stack the box and you win. Probably by a lot. Because the Steelers' defense is TJ Watt and 10 practice dummies. So, I... Honestly? Like, if you want my God's honest prediction, I think this... I think the final of this game is 45-10 to 10 Chiefs. I genuinely think that is the final score. Like, 45 to 10 Chiefs is my prediction for that game. And that is not just me being a, a Steelers hater. I think that will genuinely be the result. Like, 100%. God, I hate all of these playoff matchups. Like, Patriots-Bills. I obviously want the Bills to win that one. I think they will. The Raiders and Bengals, like, I don't want the, no, I, I I need the Raiders to win that game because making fun of the Bengals is one of the few things the Ravens still have right now, given how their season ended. I, I think, I think Eagles versus Bucks will be fun. Uh, for the love of God, the, the Niners need to win that game against the Cowboys. Uh, thank God Tim tweeted, uh, imagine, imagine Cowboys versus Steelers in the Super Bowl, because that would be the most insufferable Super Bowl in NFL history. Uh, I'm glad Tim the Tatman tweeted about it, because now it's guaranteed to not happen. Because that man is a walking broadcaster's jinx. Like, I don't know how he does it. I genuinely don't know how he does it. But he has prevented the ultimate horror that is a Cowboys versus Steelers Super Bowl. I would not watch that game. I would I would stream Halo all night of the Super Bowl. I would just play Halo all night. Because it's like, I, I ain't watching that shit. I'm just going to play Halo all night. Like, if that ends up being the Super Bowl, I'm... I'm leaving sports internet behind for two weeks and then I'll come back after the Super Bowl to get ready for March Madness. Like that is a hundred percent what I will do. It's like, or I will just dive fully into college basketball for those two weeks. 
Like I will dive fully into college and professional basketball, the NHL and esports for those two weeks. Like I will say, I will not give a crap about football if that ends up being the Super Bowl. I don't think it will be because no way in hell are the Steelers even beating the Chiefs. And I think the Cowboys are capable of beating the Niners. I just don't want them to. Because my two favorite non-Ravens play for the Niners and the Chargers. And the Chargers missed the playoffs thanks to their idiot coach calling a timeout when the Raiders were going to kneel it out and take the tie. You robbed us of Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes, Brandon. What the heck? Like, the Raiders even admitted they were... mm. I know I keep coming back to that, but it makes me so mad. We were robbed of something incredible. We were robbed of the Steelers who have gotten by on black magic. It it could only be described as black magic. The fact that Mike Tomlin has been able to deal with these titanic-level egos and actually win two Super Bowls in his time in Pittsburgh while not being a good coach and dealing with gargantuan egos... Like, the team that has gotten by on black magic, ref ball, and dumb luck? Getting screwed out of the playoffs because two division rivals agreed to a tie? The one time the entire NFL fan base would have been, oh my god, yes, they tied. Like... How did you let that happen, Brandon? Brandon? But as much as I hate the idea of a Monday playoff game, the Monday playoff game is going to be the best one. Rams versus Cardinals. That's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really good game. I hate that. I hate that that is the Monday game because that will, because that's clearly the best one of the entire weekend. You also got the LA factor. So ratings are going to be through the roof. And it's just going to tell the NFL and ESPN that this is a good idea to continue doing this. I wish they would have put, like, Chiefs Steelers in that spot so everyone just would have turned it off at halftime and just would have switched over to, like, The Bachelor or something. Just, Just to teach the NFL a lesson. But no such luck. The NFL... Is the NFL for a reason? And they knew what game to put in that spot. (laughs) But man, we were robbed. We were robbed of what would have been an absolutely insane game of just of the Chiefs absolutely god-awful defense letting Justin Herbert uncork one on 4th and 24 and still convert the first down and then some. And and pick up like pick up like forty yards on fourth and twenty four. Like that would have been absolutely incredible. But no such luck. And as is tradition, Black Monday has come and gone, and a whole lot of coaches got fired. One of them 
didn't get fired until Tuesday. Which is kind of hilarious. Like, the Vikings and the Bears firing their coaches made sense. Zimmer should have been gone after last year. Same thing with Nagy, honestly. Like, oh, but they made the playoffs, so let's keep him around. No, Nagy should have been gone after last year. They got in the playoffs on a fluke, got their brains beat in by the Saints, and this year they absolutely sucked. Like, Nagy should have been gone. Nagy 100% should have been gone after last year. Same with Zimmer. Why Flores, though? Like, if it's true that he never wanted Tua as his quarterback, like Tua was never his guy, and the two of them aren't getting along, it makes sense. But that information hasn't completely come public yet. Like, Tua himself has not said anything about that, which he probably never will, honestly. But I've seen it floating out there that Tua and Flores were not getting along, and Flores wasn't getting along with the GM either. So if that's the case, it makes sense. But man, like, he was not supposed to win as much as he did in Miami. Like, he's the only former Belichick assistant who is ac- who actually has a winning record against Bill Belichick. He went 4-2 and two against the Patriots in, in three years. How do you fire a guy who does that? When, for most of those years, you were considered pretty bad. For what, two of those three years, you were considered a pretty bad team? And yet you go four and two against the Patriots in that time? And of course, the hilarious one, Joe Judge did not get fired by the Giants until Tuesday afternoon. Schefter tweeted it out at like 5.30 on Tuesday. That is like the funniest one, because... Everyone knows he should have been fired. It was Gettleman who wanted to keep him around. And and Gettleman's, Gettleman's a moron. Like, the fact that the Giants are the ultimate dumpster fire when the Jacksonville Jaguars still exist. Like, the Jacksonville Jaguars still exist. And the Giants are more of a mess than they are. Like... One of the Jags execs, one of their front office people, threatened relocation if they don't get a fully taxpayer-funded stadium renovation while on Shad Khan's private yacht. And the Giants are still more of a mess than the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is saying a whole lot. To my Giants fan friends out there, I'm sorry your team is such a disaster, and I don't think there's any hope for you, because the Maras are just going to hire from within again, and it's just going to be more of the same, and they're going to take, they're going to take like Kenny Pickett at five, or Matt Coral, and they're just not, once again, just not going to be the guy. Kenny Pickett and Matt Coral are good players, but they are not top 10 picks. None of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class are top 10 picks. And that is including the guy from the team I am a fan of. 
I love Malik Willis. He's not a top 10 pick. He's a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Like, watch film on the guy. <laughs> it, it's not, it's not like a race thing because they're both black. Like, watch film on Malik Willis. Him and Lamar Jackson are the same player. Lamar's a lot better, but their game is very similar. Like, I have gotten to watch, I have spent my weekends the last two years watching both of them every single week. They have the same game. Lamar's just better at it. But draft talk is for after the playoffs and after March Madness. So uh, we'll get to that in a couple months. But that's what I got for the NFL. What do you guys think? Uh, am I completely off base on my predictions? Uh, let me know on Twitter at RealPatterson50. But uh, that's it for the NFL. Up next, we'll uh, switch it up and uh, it's almost League of Legends time, people. We'll get into that up next here on the mashup. All right. The offseason is finally over. The other international leagues have begun, uh, namely the LCK. And I think the LPL has too. LEC is not too far off. And this weekend... The LCS lock-in, the tournament that means absolutely jack shit, will begin. This tournament means nothing, especially because half the teams are without their full rosters due to visa issues because North American League can't develop homegrown talent to save its freaking life because um, they might actually need to develop homegrown North American talent to save its freaking life. Oh, God, League of Legends. This this freaking game. This horribly balanced, rage-inducing nightmare of a game. Yet we still come back to it. I mean, I much prefer watching it to playing it. Playing it sucks, because I'm not very good. Like... Out of all the games I play, I am probably the worst at League. Which um, is saying a lot, given how uh, how bad I've been at certain Call of Duty games in the past. But let's, uh, let's take a look at the LCS lock-in. Um, group A is clearly the better group out of the two. Solely because it has two teams who can win Group A. Group B, they are going to get steamrolled by Liquid. Like, Immortals and CLG are probably going to be dead last. Actually, it's probably Golden Guardians and CLG will be 8th and ninth, And they are in separate groups. Golden Guardians are in A, CLG is in B. But they're going to be 8th and ninth, Or, no, uh, there's 10 teams. ninth and 10th. Uh... Honestly, FlyQuest and Dignitas will probably be 7th and 8th. Immortals will be 6th. EG will be 5th. TSM will somehow squeak their way into 4th. Uh, 100 Thieves will be 3rd. C9 will be 2nd. Liquid will be 1st. That's my early, I have not seen these new look teams play yet predictions for the LCS season. 
you know what? I'm going to write those down. <laughs> because I want to come back to this at the end of Spring Split and and see how it how it goes. All right. 20, 2022 LCS spring standings. Yeah, let's let's just let's just put this in writing. Liquid C9 100 thieves TSM uh then it was EG, EG, Immortals, FlyQuest, uh, Dignitas, Golden Guardians, CLG. Is that all 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Okay. So those are my predictions. We'll see in a couple months if I was right. I feel like I'm pretty darn close. I'm I'm most confident in my top three, Liquid Cloud 900 Thieves. And I'm and I'm pretty darn confident in my bottom two. The LCS is shockingly mediocre. So I'm 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 very confident in my top three. And I'm very confident in my bottom two. Four through uh, four through seven, complete crapshoot. I think that's pretty close to what it's going to look like. But like TSM, Evil Geniuses, and Immortals are all interchangeable. Honestly, Immortals, FlyQuest, and Dignitas are interchangeable with each other. And Golden Guardians and CLG. It, Golden Guardians is just slightly better than CLG. So I think, yeah, I'm pretty confident in 910 too. But yeah, so those, those are locked in. We'll come back to those in a couple months and see how right I was. But like looking at the LCS lock-in, Liquid has most of their roster and 100 Thieves has most of their roster. That's about it. Uh, Cloud9 has a good chunk of theirs too. And they're Cloud9. They always do well on these things. But like... Looking at it, looking at the groups, Group A belongs to 100 Thieves right now. That's, they're still defending LCS champions. They're basically bringing back the same exact roster as last year with honestly some improvements. Like, I think, I think they improved the roster over last year with uh, Tenacity in top lane. I, I think. I think Tenacity is going to end up being the the main top laner before the end of the season because someday's just not the guy. Like Closer's a beast, Abadag is a beast. Who he and FBI are really good. Like the main problem with Hundred Thieves League of Legends last year was someday I could see Tenacity taking over as the main top laner before the end of the season. Like he's going to be locked in as the number one top laner before the season's over. I think 100 Thieves said the two of them are going to be kind of switching back and forth between Academy and LCS. I think it's going to be pretty clear Tenacity is the number one guy before the end of the season. Like, I'm in a, I'm in an LCS Fantasy League. He's going to be one of my sleeper picks. 
Actually, I only get one top laner, so I probably won't take him. I'll probably take an actually proven top laner, but I'll keep him on the back burner in case I need him. But yeah, looking looking at the two groups, Liquid is going to steamroll Group B because it's been like the offseason discourse for years now of who's holding who back. Is the TSM holding Bjergsen back or Bjergsen holding TSM back? Uh, given how bad TSM were without him, I think it was the first one where TSM was holding Bjergsen back. Because with him, they more often than not would make worlds. Now, they would absolutely choke at worlds, but that is North American tradition. I think with him on Liquid, they're going to be really freaking good because they are still Team Liquid. Because, like, look at the rest of this team. They got better. Core JJ support. He's still one of the best supports of all time. One of the best players to ever play in North America. Him and Bjergsen both. I, I'd honestly consider Bjergsen a North American player at this point. He wasn't born here, but he's an American citizen. He lives in LA full time. Like, he's, he's a North American player. Like, he's from Denmark, sure. And if there were ever an international event where you play for your country, he would play for Denmark. He would not play for the U.S. But, like, he's a North American player. He's spent most of his career here. He has residency, obviously. His accent's almost completely gone. Like, but he's one of the best North American players ever. Dwipo's a freaking top lane. We know Santorin's good in jungle. And we saw what Han Sama did at Worlds with Rogue. And now you're pairing it with one of the best supports ever? A literal world champion in Core JJ? The guy who helped destroy the SKT dynasty? Yeah, that's scary. They're the best team in North America right now, and all of them are available to play in lock-in. So, yeah, Team Liquid's my pick to win the whole freaking thing. Not that this tournament means anything, but Team Liquid's gonna win it. Like, I think the finals are going to be Team Liquid, either Team Liquid 100 Thieves or Team Liquid Cloud9. I think that ends up being the finals of LCS lock-in. And either way, Team Liquid wins probably 3-1 against either team. Like, being 100% honest, doesn't matter which one of it is, which one of them it is, we ain't going to Game 5. Team Liquid's winning 3-1. Like, they're just the best team in the LCS right now. 100 Thieves and Cloud9 are going to be the other two teams who go to Worlds at the end of the season, more than likely. But right now, Team Liquid are the best team in the LCS. Worlds is still 10 months away. Actually, 9, because it's in October. Worlds is 9 months from now. I don't know who else is going to be there, but I know it's going to be those three from North America because they're only they're the only ones even remotely competent enough to get there. But here's to a new LCS season. Hope it's not as mediocre as they've been the past couple years. But there is some good news, at least in my opinion, on the uh, on the home front. Riot is finally investigating 
TSM CEO and founder, Andy Reginald Din, for being a total asshole. Like, if even the casters are just openly mocking you for everything you've said, done, and tweeted, you're a bad dude. Like, and if, if Bjergsen, the most iconic TSM player in any game, like, it's Bjergsen and it's Tweak. That's it. Those are the only two guys who have, like, ever, and double lift. But I don't even consider Double Lift a TSM guy. I know he spent a good chunk of his career there, but I don't consider Double Lift a TSM guy. In in my mind, I think of him as Team Liquid, honestly. Like, I know he started with CLG, but his best achievements were with Liquid. Go back and look. Like, most of his... His best accomplishment was making the MSI Finals in 2019. He did that with Liquid. But if Bjergsen, a guy who owns a share of TSM, like is part owner, says, hey, I want to come back to playing, but I don't want to play for you, sells his shares and goes and signs with one of their oldest rivals. Like Double if just openly called him out on stream. Lena has openly called him out on stream and doesn't work there anymore. And Bjergsen left and signed with Liquid. Like, what more evidence do you need? And of course, the now infamous Dyrus video from like 10 years ago. Actually, there's two of them. There's there's the one in the car of him just arguing with like the entire team and just antagonizing them. And the even more infamous video of him just repeatedly antagonizing Dyrus while he's trying to play. Like, if you haven't seen that video, go track it down because it's a bad look for Reggie. And by all accounts, he has continued acting like that for the past 10 years. So, yeah. I hope, I don't know what Riot can do. Because, like, we saw what happened with Echo Fox, where they couldn't get rid of the guy. But hey, maybe, (laughs) maybe TSM is just forced to sell their League of Legends franchise. Now, they have enough money that they wouldn't completely fold like Echo Fox did, but my god, that would be funny. If they were just forced out of the LCS, it's like, yeah, you you have to sell your LCS franchise now because your CEO is just such a terrible person and nobody likes working with him. And that goes against what Riot and the LCS stand for. Like, that'd be so funny. It's not gonna happen, but part of me kind of hopes it does because Anyone who knows me knows I'm kind of a TSM hater. Like, I think their logo sucks. I think their jerseys are boring. Their fans are obnoxious. And... And I kind of hope they lose their LCS franchise. That would be the funniest thing ever. And it just gets sold to some, like, upstart and a half org. Like... Like, who would even... Who would even take that? Would would Optic come back in? 
would, would that honestly wouldn't be terrible. I would actually love to see that. I would love to see Optic come back into the LCS. Just just Green Wall League of, Green Wall League of Legends. You want people to care about League of Legends? Bring Optic back in. 100 Thieves are already there. So, heck, why not? Force TSM out, sell their spot to this newly merged Optic and Envy. You know how much fun that would be? Hex doesn't know a damn thing about League. It'd be very funny. <laughs> I don't think Hastro does either. <laughs> That'd be so funny. No, I want that to happen now. I want TSM to be forced to sell, and I want Optic slash Envy to buy it. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. that That's... I literally just thought of that while I was just like stream of consciousness into the microphone. That would be the funniest thing ever. But what do you guys think? What should happen to uh, Reggie and TSM if if the riot investigation does yield any results, which um, I think it will. Let's be honest. I, I honestly think it will. But uh, what do you think should happen? Should Should they get the Echo Fox treatment? I think that'd be really funny. Like, they get the Echo Fox treatment, and then all the other games are just like, all the other games they're involved in are like, ugh, we, if, if League doesn't want any part of you, we don't either. Get out. <laughs> like, that'd be so funny. It'd be terrible to lose one of North America's absolute legacy orgs. Like, one of the oldest orgs in North America, but at the same time, it'd be so funny. Like, Team Solo Mid, they are built on MOBAs. It would, it would still be... It'd still be hilarious. But that's what I got for League of Legends. Let me know what you guys think. What do you think is going to happen in the lock-in? Is someone other than Liquid going to win it? What do you guys think? Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on Discord. Link will be in the show description. But uh, that's what I got for League. Up next, uh, the College Football Championship game was surprisingly good. At least the end of it. We'll get into that up next here on the mashup. So the college football season has come and gone. National championship game is over. And Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs, are your national champions. First championship in 42 years for the Bulldogs. And I'm glad they won. I'm glad it was not Bama. I'm very glad it wasn't Bama. And I saw some people saying, oh, Georgia fans are going to be insufferable. Like, if if Liberty won a national championship, I would be the most insufferable. Like, go on TikTok and everyone makes the joke about, like, Men and the Joker, which I, I wasn't one of them. I didn't really care about that movie. But that, I never really saw it, but that became a meme. Like, if if Liberty won a national championship, I would be so much worse. <laughs> If Liberty won a national championship in football, I would be so much worse. I would wear nothing but Liberty gear for like a week after the fact. I would constantly be bragging about how awesome they were. Like, I would be the most insufferable. So Georgia fans, enjoy your championship. Just remember, halfway through next year, it won't mean a thing. Because we will already be looking forward to next year's champion which will probably just be Bama again. Because, you know, college football has not discovered a little thing called parody. Ugh. But that game, that game was a weird one. Because 
the first like 44 minutes of that game were freaking boring. There was a minute and 20 left in the third quarter before something interesting finally happened. And that was the blocked field goal by Georgia that they, that they ran most of the way back and then very quickly turned into a touchdown. Like that was when the game finally got good. And like the last minute and a half of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter were really good college football. I mean, sure. Alabama was without their top two wide receivers, but when you have five-star recruits up and down the depth chart, does it really matter? Like, sure. Jamison Williams was like the guy for Bama's offense. But Bryce Young still won the Heisman. Their defense was still supposed to be really good. Wasn't as good as it's been. But like, your quarterback's still a Heisman winner. Your defense is still really good. You're still Bama. Like, they could have still won that game. Georgia was just the better team. They've been one of the best teams all year. They were undefeated until they played Bama. Bama already had a loss before they played Georgia. Like, Georgia was technically the better team this year. (laughs) But I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised with that game. Like, I got home. I got home from work. I turned the game on. And it was 9-6. to six. Like, a few minutes. It was... I think it was 9-6. to six. It was... Yeah, it was 9-6. to six. It was 9-6 to six a few minutes before halftime. And that... God, that, that Katy Perry video at halftime was so bad. Like, talk about missing the mark with your audience completely. Like, who is watching college football that gives a crap about Katy Perry? And that video also kind of sucked. Like, the memes on Twitter after the fact were great, though. Like, uh, one guy I follow, shout out to Brian, uh, debuting a new Metallica video during a commercial break of This Is Us. It's about the same thing. Or, uh, the one time my grandmother's Kindle tablet advertised a, uh, a Kingdom Hearts companion app, which... I love my grandmother, but she is, she is not one who would enjoy Kingdom Hearts. Like, I am confused by the plot of those games, and I have played most of them. I'm still confused by the plot of those games, despite having played most of them. All the console games, all the handheld games... Other than I, I only played like a uh, like twenty minutes of Chain of Memories because I didn't like it. But that's that's beside the point. Like you were just so off the mark with that ESPN. No one gave a crap about that music video. And then the second half started. We thought Bama was eventually going to run away with it because they're Bama. They didn't. Most of the third quarter was pretty freaking boring. You get the blocked field goal, and then. It's on, like just going back and forth. And then that that pick six right near the end to seal it for Georgia. 
that that made it 33-18, that was a thing of beauty. Like, Bryce Young threw it right to him. <laughs> like, that was, that was clear before he even... Before it even hit his hands, what was going to happen. But the season is over. I still think we need to expand the playoffs to uh, to 16. Because, you know, round numbers are better. Because 12 is kind of dumb. And sure, the top four would get a bye. And then you'd knock it down to eight. But nah, just do 16. More fun that way. Because could you imagine the first time a 16 beats a 1 in the college football playoff? Like, imagine that. There is one 16 seed. And there's only one 1. There's not four of each. Could you imagine the chaos if a 1 lost to a 16 in the college football playoff? It would take years for it to happen. Like, it took almost 80 years for it to happen in basketball. And, well, it wasn't 80. Because the 16th seed wasn't added until the early 90s. It was still, like, 20 years. It was still, like, 20, 25 years. It was a long time. It was closer to 30 than it was 80. But it was, uh... It was, it was, can you imagine the chaos if that actually happened though? And shout out to Stetson Bennett, who just deleted high noons right after the championship game. And then was very hungover on Good Morning America on Tuesday. Like that was really funny. Uh, I hope the poor guy uh, drank a lot of water on Tuesday and just had a blackout curtain up in his room because TV production lights are really bright, even when you're not hungover. Like, you could have never touched a single drop of alcohol. When those lights shine in your face, you're blind for a good couple seconds. Like, when you first start working with them, if if you choose to go into that career, they tell you to look down when the light is turning on. Like, make sure you don't look right at the light when somebody turns it on, because you're not going to be able to see. Like, those things are bright. So, shout out to Stetson Bennett for for powering through on that interview with GMA. With uh, without the aid of sunglasses, unlike the uh, the Women's World Cup team a few years ago. When was that? 2017. That was pretty funny. Go go back and watch that. Mo- most of the members of the Team USA women's soccer team all had sunglasses on. And uh, Fox was like, the I think it was Joel Klatt was like, you're not going to take those sunglasses off, are you? And it was Megan Rapino. She just said, nope. Because uh, all of them were very hungover. And that interview was done outside in the middle of the afternoon in July. <laughs> But yeah, that was, it was a really good championship game. I was, I was crapping on it for a whole week, but I was pleasantly surprised. The, the finish of the game at least was really good. Hopefully we get one that's actually good for 60 minutes at some point that is, that doesn't involve Alabama, but Hey, Hey, a guy can dream, right? 
But what did you guys think of the national championship game? Did what I mean, I think Georgia was the best team all year. It was honestly like sure, Michigan's not stomped. But I honestly think Georgia and Michigan were the two best teams all year, if I'm being a hundred percent honest. But uh yeah, that's what I got for uh college football. Up next we'll uh get into some end of end of preseason CDL or end of off season preseason starts next week. Some uh, end of the off season CDL stuff. That's uh, that's coming up next here on the mashup. Okay. Time to talk some CDL stuff before we, uh, we wrap the show up for this week. And we're still a week out from kickoff classic. We'll get into that more on next week's episode, but uh, let's just say, hopefully it'll be good. And Vanguard's still kind of a disaster, so uh, we shall see. They still haven't put Control in yet. We know it's the third game mode now. As far as I know, Control's still not in the game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't played Vanguard in a while, and I haven't watched anyone play Vanguard in a while, but I, as far as I know, Control is not in the game yet. <clears throat> but at least they finally... <laughs> did something semi-right. They were open and communicating with the fan base as to why they chose to do eight team majors, why they reversed that decision, their plan, what their plans are for opening up the amateur scene, do what Riot did and give up total control of it. Like, right now, Activeblizz still has a pretty lockdown grip on the amateur scene. Open it up. It's that simple. The HCS is doing it and it's clearly working. League did it too. We'll still have to wait a few years to see if that actually works or not. (laughs) Because it takes a lot longer. Like Halo's been around a while. Halo's been around longer than League. It's 20 years versus uh, 12. No. Yeah, 12, 2010. But do do the thing, Call of Duty. Just just open up the amateur scene. Let, uh, let, let other tournament organizers have big tournaments that are, like, scouted and are actually prominent so you get good players going to them. And, you know, let them run tournaments in November when the game comes out. Like, stop with this waiting three, four months thing to start the season. Like, I hate to keep comparing Call of Duty to Halo, but people have literally been doing it for the last 15 years. Like, Halo Infinite Multiplayer dropped on November 15th. A month later, HCS Rally started. Call of Duty Vanguard dropped on November 3rd, right? Call of Duty... Call of Duty Vanguard. When did that game actually come out? I bought it on launch day. Initial release date, September 10th. Good God. I thought it was... uh, 
I didn't read. Jeez, it was longer ago than I thought. September 10th was the release of Vanguard. We still have it. It's now January 12th. It's been four months. And the first official anything for this new Call of Duty is still next week. What? And the kickoff classic means nothing. It is preseason. It's even listed on the COD League website as preseason. I, I planned on complimenting the COD League, and then I just got mad at them all over again. I mean, at least they're communicating. At least they are finally communicating with the player base. CDLPA, you need to form. Like, the LCS Players Association, still a thing. They got stronger this year. The CDL Players Association needs to be formed. One, that can stop tournaments and stuff from happening in California. Because, like, they shouldn't have had champs in California last year. Guys got robbed of most of their money. Like, have it in Texas. Or even better, have it in Florida, where there's no state income tax. God, I just keep convincing myself to want to move to Florida. Anyway. It's, uh... I mean, internet in Florida sucks, but that's that's beside the point. Like, why, why are we just now getting preseason... A week from now, over four months after the game's launch, is is official preseason. But they they I will give them props. They did announce control as the third game mode. It was always going to be control. They're just trying to figure out how to get it to uh, work properly in Vanguard. Uh, this is why we should stop with the one year. Uh, this is why we should stop with the new COD every year cycle. Just my just one guy's opinion. Like league players have been set playing the same game for 12 years. There was what three years between Halo three and Halo reach or f- six years between five and infinite. CSGO came out in 2012. Like, these are the other big esports. Heck, at this point, Rocket League's going on like six, seven years without changing the game. Right? Like, when did Rocket League come out? Rocket League came out in 2015. Rocket League. Rocket League will hit its seventh year in July. And that's still going strong. We don't need a new COD every year. You're like the only developer still doing this that isn't a sports game. Like, Assassin's Creed used to be yearly release. And then you got garbage piles like Unity. Now, you get bangers. Now that they're not doing yearly releases, you get absolute bangers like Odyssey and Valhalla. We don't need a new COD every year. Switch to a two-year cycle. Drop Sledgehammer and switch to a two-year cycle. 
Infinity Ward, they get two years. Treyarch, they get two years. Infinity Ward, they get two years. Treyarch, just drop Sledge. Let them go back to being support. Because when they were support devs, you know what game they helped make? Modern Warfare 3. Ugh. We don't need a new COD every year. Because if you keep doing it, it's just going to keep getting worse. Now, rumors are they're putting a they're putting a real ranked mode into Vanguard. It'll be like World War II, which is which most people generally agree is the one good part of World War II. Because everything else in that game absolutely sucked. The guns, the camos, most of the maps. I mean, Arden Forest and Gustav Cannon were terrible maps. But hey, Vanguard doesn't exactly have good maps either. Guvatel, Numa Numa, Bokage, Decoy. Decoy's trash. Actually, most of the maps are. But hey, you get a real ranked mode this time. COD desperately needed one after the Call of Duty League playlist in MW 2019 was hot garbage. Uh, League play in Cold War also really sucked. Like, like, this is why you go to a two-year cycle. CODs would improve massively if after this year, we didn't get another COD game until 2024. Like, we get MW Roman Numeral 2 this year. And then we don't get Black Ops 5 or 6 or whatever you want to call it until 2024. Like, that's the solution. Let the CDL play two years on MW 2022. Because I, I know they don't want to play two years on Vanguard. If if MW 2022 is decent, which maybe it will be, I'm not sure. It's uh, got big shoes to fill. One of the best COD games of all time. It was a poorly balanced mess, but since everything was overpowered, nothing was overpowered. But I think the pros only want to play one year of Vanguard. If if given the choice, they wouldn't play on Vanguard at all. Because they all seem to really hate it. But hey, I'm getting off track here. Should you be surprised? No. But I'm glad the CDL is doing this. I hope they continue to do this throughout the season. Because getting general updates from the league... And the GM of the league, Daniel Say, who came across like a good commissioner in that video. Now, I think him saying Krim was just trolling is him trying to cover his ass. Because I don't believe Krim would make something like that up. I genuinely don't. I really think they were close to making Warzone the third game mode. Like, before the Cold War season. I think in between the MW and Cold... Not this year where they were voting on making Warzone the third game mode, I genuinely believe before they decided on Control as the third mode for Cold War, they were thinking about making it Warzone. I have no zero proof of that. I obviously have no connections within the COD League, but I 100% believe that to be true. That's just me, though. But, thank... I mean, Control still sucks. I, I hate Control. Bring back Uplink, you cowards. Figure out how to put it in the boot in a boots on the ground cod. It was meant for jetpack games, sure, but
but like Halo Ball in, in Halo 2 Anniversary is really fun. So, uh, and that's, that was a, a, I hate to call Halo 2 a boots on the ground game, but it didn't have jetpacks. Like Halo Ball, Halo 2 did not have jetpacks. Halo Ball and Halo 2 Anniversary is really fun. You can figure out a way to play boots on the ground up like. You can. And honestly, like, I I wouldn't hate... I'm going to get crucified for this one. I wouldn't hate jetpacks coming back in MW 2022. Like, give me something different. I skipped the jetpack era. Give me a good jetpack game. Give me, like, an improvement over BO3. Give me a good jetpack game to play. And maybe not, like, crazy jetpacks, but give me wall running. Wall running looks like fun. Like, wall running in BO3 looks like a lot of fun. Give me an upgraded version of that, and I will play it. I don't care. It looks like fun. But that's what I got for this very scatterbrained discussion of the current state of Call of Duty a week before the season starts. And uh, by the way, we still don't know Boston's team name. Everyone knows that, like, it hasn't been officially announced, even though there is Boston Breach on Twitter. And, like, that's confirmed to be the official account. But hey, it's Activision. What what can you what can you do? But uh, that's what I got for this episode of the mashup. Hope you all enjoy. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, talk to you guys next Wednesday. See you then. They fall like shooting stars. Will anyone survive?